Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will now begin our chanting segment. Chanting is another form of meditation. Through chanting, we have to be present in the moment as we concentrate on each syllable that's presented before us. It is a way for us to calm our minds and to be in the here and now. We will begin at the sound of the bell. We will now chant Jusege. Mm-hmm. 
The Shin Reader. The first Shin Reader article was in the January 2016 Korin, which had two summary reviews of the books The Hands and Feet of the Heart from 2011 by Hisako Nakamura and Discovering Buddhism in Everyday Life, 2011 by Reverend Marvin Harada. This month, the Shin Reader presents an expanded review of Reverend Harada's book. Discovering Buddhism in Everyday Life by Reverend Marvin Harada, is a collection of essays from the first 25 years of his ministry at the Orange County Buddhist Church. Originally, these were submitted monthly to our newsletter, the Korin. These minister messages continue in the tradition of everyday suchness and the center within, two books written by his teacher, Reverend Gyome Kubose. Buddhism can often become very intellectual and philosophical, losing its connection to the lives of everyday people. Buddhist practice should focus on both the intellect and our emotions. This book helps balance these two approaches by offering everyday examples of Buddhist teachings. The head and the heart are both addressed in equal measure within the essays. It is important to remember that though an essay may appear simple, this does not mean that it is simplistic. For example, the greatest mathematicians can make even calculus seem simple and easy to understand for the student. Reverend Harada is such a teacher. You might think of this book as a collection of Reverend Harada's greatest hits, all of his Korean essays that are very meaningful. But this book contains the ones that really stand out, the ones that are most exceptional. Several are my personal favorites. For example, for March 1988, there is Somewhere Over the Rainbow that focuses on the importance of the path and friends on Dorothy's journey. In this case, a yellow brick road, along with the scarecrow, tin man, and the lion, 
and especially her dog Toto, too. I also just saw my daughter Emily's district-wide high school production of this musical at Garden Grove High School. It is quite interesting that each of these characters on the journey already have what they are seeking. The scarecrow was the smartest of them all, and yet he yearned for a brain. He was so smart that he was able to get the apple trees to throw their apples at them so they could eat. The tin man wanted a heart, and yet he was already the most feeling and compassionate person in the group. And it was the lion who was the bravest one throughout the story. Courage was something he craved, and yet he already possessed it. The story ends with Dorothy realizing that there is no place like home. Everything she ever needed or wanted was already in Kansas. She would want for nothing for the rest of her life after realizing this. There is The Waving Man of Berkeley from April 2002. It is a story of a man who stood on a street corner waving to every car that passed. Reverend Harada returned the wave every time he commuted to the Institute of Buddhist Studies from Oakland to Berkeley, California, and back again. I have thought about this story often. It is sad that our first thought is that a person like this must be disturbed, but perhaps they are just happy and friendly. There is actually a person just like this living behind the Orange County Buddhist Church campus. Every morning when I drive in, he waves to me, just like this story. I was startled, but when I returned the wave, we connected in a very personal way. I even roll down my window now to make sure that he can see me wave back. I also experienced the essay Reflections on the Grand Canyon from November 2010. It is about a pine tree that is growing out the side of the Grand Canyon. It is holding on to life. It is as if it is saying, you can endure anything in life. Don't be so soft. You can endure failure. You can endure criticism. You can endure whatever life presents you. Just live your life. From page 127. I too have this every day as I drive into OCBC. As I leave my neighborhood, I have to turn left at a T intersection. Before turning, I'm facing a cinder block wall that is across the street. There is a seam in the bricks between the two houses. Through this crack, a bougainvillea vine is growing, pushing its way through, out into the sunshine, reaching up to the sky in full bloom. It always reminds me of this pine tree that Reverend Rada saw at the Grand Canyon. This is a very special book for two reasons. First, these essays date from October 1987 to February 2011. I didn't begin to attend OCBC until May 1999 and didn't realize there was such a thing as the Corinne minister's messages until much later. So this is the only way that I was able to encounter essays like this, ones that were before my time and after. This is still true for many new to OCBC. This book is invaluable in this way, giving us access to Reverend Harada's thoughts over time. And second, how amazing it is that I have been able to experience these same stories firsthand in my own life. I didn't realize this until I began to write this review. This is how a teacher and a sangha help us on the path. They show us the road signs along the way that we should be mindful of and which make us more aware. I too saw The Wizard of Oz, The Waving Man, and The Crawling Bougainvillea. Perhaps all these essays can be experienced within our everyday life as Buddhist teachings. We just need a guide pointing these things out to us, otherwise we might just drive right by them. It is books like this one that help us in discovering Buddhism in everyday life.
Thank you very much, Reverend John Turner. Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2024 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.